The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yes, indeed, it is time for our Thursday interview. Now, you've talked about career changes over the years, but what do you do when you've been a five-time Olympian? You've had all the acclaim, you've all had all the personal best beaten, the high, the adrenaline, all of that great experience on the biggest stage of all in sport, and elite sport at that. What do you do when it's all over and you have to change jobs and get a new career? Well, my next guest will tell us a little bit about that. He'll tell us also a little bit about being Olympian, and he'll tell us a bit about his own family and where they've sprouted out into different forms of sport at the highest level as well. And that guest is Rob Heffernan, of course, who's a famous world champion, Olympic bronze medalist, walker, and now, in more recent times, breakfast presenter on Cork's Red FM. Rob, how are you? Hey, Emmett, how are you? Not too bad. You're, you're getting into this game. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, it's, it. Do you know what, Emmett? It was, it was probably the hardest, the hardest gig so far. It was my hardest race at the start. I was like, the first couple of months, it was like, oh, man, Rob, you, you, you're out of your depth. You know, you've, you've bitten off more than you can chew. But um, again, it comes back down to everything if you keep on driving on and, you know, you're willing to feel stupid and learn I, I absolutely love it. No, yeah, it's great. I, I know, I know, I know, I know the feeling. I know that feeling you're talking about. That sounds familiar to me. I mean, did you bring? You know, athletes are known as they're very serious about their pursuits. They're very focused. They don't like to finish further back in the pack if they can help it. Did you bring all those sort of ideas and that mindset to the broadcasting world there with Red FM? Yeah, I, I think I kind of bring it innately to kind of everything I do, and I think I recognise that more. Even when I when I did Dancing with the Stars, I, I remember when I started Dancing with the Stars, I I was so bad, and I wanted to go back into something where I had absolutely no skill set. And I got to week ten, and I, I can remember saying to Jay Carter, "I goes, Jake, I think I'm going to win the show." And it was like somebody who had a stroke at the start. I was that bad, oh, but it, I went through all of the emotions of just being able to work and just kept going and kept going. And and it was the same in the radio, and it was the same when I was working in the bank. I think if you're able to go through them really uncomfortable, difficult times and you're, you're willing to kind of learn off of people and come through, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, but it never ends in it because you're always trying to get better, aren't you? And t- tell me about nerves. I mean, most of us, well, what you might call civilians, those of us who haven't been at elite sport level in the Olympics and things like that, I presume the most nerves you've ever felt were at the starting post of one of your races, but maybe I'm wrong, or, or, or is that when you No, felt- it, it's not because, like, you think of in sport, like when you get to the point, you're actually you're good at it. You train really hard, and when you get to the start line, you're you're obviously when you're younger. I've been more nervous for school sports when I was a kid because my whole reputation rested on me doing well in the sports because I didn't really care about school. But but by the end, my sports career going to Olympic Games, I used to love it because you do all of your work, you prepare really well, and you go to the start line and you kind of show off what you've what your talent is and you have to enjoy the occasion and kind of came to the attitude if I do everything and I prep right I know I always want to win you know you want to win sure. and there's no crime in wanting to win and if I don't and I do everything I can to win and I end up finishing fifth or fourth or ninth I'll respect the people in front of me because there were better men than me on the day so sure. it's very simple in that sense whereas when I went to the radio you're working with people like like Kira, who's been in radio 20 years, and Laura, Laura O'Mani, who I think is a genius, and she's 
she's she was very intimidating you know I've seen her on plays I've seen her <laughs> I'm was, sure she take that in the right spirit <laughs> yeah no but she, but brilliant but but again you're learning off everyone you're learning off everyone now Rob let's go back a little bit to the start of your career now were you somebody that was always sporting and the walking was just the particular outlet like were you an athlete first and a walker second or was that particular sport the one that you always identified as that's my sport or or did you just <laughs> find it by accident yeah, I found it by accident. Like, like I played, I played Gaelic football with Nemo growing up, so I was, I was entrenched in Gaelic games growing up here, and you know, spent a lot of my childhood in Nemo and playing with them. And, and then I was, I was, you know, I was thinking, you know, coming home from school that I was the best at everything, so I'd have been a good runner. I ended up getting offered a running scholarship to America when I was a junior, but I was introduced to race walking in Clash de Cree Three, and it was just another competition to win. And um, there was a tradition of it in the schools and, and it just took off from there, you know, went to South Munsters, went to Munsters, went to All-Irelands and I ended up going over to British Championships and kept, it just kept on expanding. And I went to a European Juniors when I was 19, came back from then, declined to go on a running scholarship and kind of turned away from a life that was mapped out for me, you know, which was to work in the building line with my dad, who was a plasterer. And, you know, so it, athletics gave me a very different life to what, that was, was kind more, of mapped out. Yeah, sure. And, and that's a great way to be. And you, as I said in the introduction, you've done five Olympics, which I don't know, is an Irish record? It must be pretty yeah. close. An extraordinary man. And they've all been, they've all had stories. Obviously, there was the Russian uh, drug cheating and we'll get onto that yeah. old situation. You got upgraded into into the bronze. I mean, in terms of Olympics, like you obviously start in walking. You're, I know you've raced a different lens. You've done the 50K and you've done the, the 20K, right? You've done both yeah. of them and probably done other lens as well, I'm sure. In terms of when you get started and you win a national championship or you set an Irish record, how much of a step up is it from that level to Olympics? Like, I mean, is it just total chalk and cheese or is it just kind of a nudge up again? Or what's the gap between those two? Because oh, it's massive. It's massive, Emmett. Like, like when you think, uh, like globally, like when we don't have the masses of the depth in Ireland, but if you went to like the likes of Russia or China, you know, where you have, like even with the bad things that they were doing there, they were still doing nine out of 10 things really good. You know, their talent identification, their coaches, their training centers, their competitions. And you're up against all of these guys and it's a completely different world. Like when I traveled to the European juniors when I was only 19, I can remember looking at how professional the kids were and a completely different attitude to what we have in Ireland. It was just an inner conference where they prepared yeah, and we were the, you know, the preparation was sure. And, and one of the one of the salutary episodes in your career is this amazing incident that happened where you weren't you weren't effectively denied a bronze medal. I've got to use that word because I think that's what happened yeah. eventually. A, a number, I think it was several Russian athletes were essentially accused of being drug takers or using performance enhancing drugs, and you were then upgraded into a, a bronze medal. You were like Sonia Sullivan, I suppose, in in a sense, both from the same part of the world as well. What was it like waiting before that happened? And like a lot, I would just think personally, you'd be so angry. I know you get there eventually, but you don't get there on the day on the rostrum. I mean, how have you managed that just mentally and psychologically over the years? Like, you've, it's a big adjustment. I turned it into a positive because if I when I look back, I led the Olympics in Beijing. I was I went into the lead at fourteen k, and I. I jumped the gun. I was thinking two steps ahead and I was like, I'm going to win the Olympic Games. So like, obviously in Sydney, I only finished 28. I was disqualified in Athens. And then in Beijing, it was a really, really good year. I set some of the fastest times in the world and went to the lead at 14K, led the Olympics 
And the Russian guy who ultimately was banned for life put the boot down and he ended up winning the Olympics. So my reaction to his, to his reaction was really, really negative. And what I learned then after that, like in London, if I controlled my own thing and if I delivered my performance, um, I would go home happy. So I executed the perfect race over in London. And I obviously knew on the day, like the Russian who won it, you're kind of always hoping that they're going to be caught and that they were going to be, you know, that the authorities would do their job. But I had a sense of pride myself that I executed my plan, executed my race, and I walked 337 for 50k, which, you know, to people who run but, up there... But, and as you, as, you, as you observed him, did you kind of say to yourself privately, give me a break, there's no way he could be doing what he's doing? But, did but you-, you know what? Yeah, but I couldn't because it's so, so, so tough. If I had to leave... What he was doing override my emotions and what I had to do, it would have had such a negative effect on me. And if I was off 1% in London, the standard was so high, I wouldn't have finished in the top 12. Now, I've noticed so, that your, your, your incredible athletic prowess has spread to into your children as well. Megan and Cole, both of them uh, talented footballers. It's not easy to pick either one of them on the, t- the t- time we've left here. But I did notice that one of them is headed off to AC Milan. How did that come about and, and what an amazing story that is? Yeah, again, he um, with Brexit, he couldn't go to the UK, so he had a lot of trials over there. He was trialing at Man United, he was in Celtic, he was in Burnley, he was going, meant to go to Brighton, he had a load of clubs over there. But then we ended up going over to Europe because he he, he could have obviously go there, so he trialed in Italy. And then he was in Germany in Leverkusen and he ended up going to, he ended up going back to Milan. So basically he's there. No, but, but again, the same, he's only 17 Again, you introduce them to an environment and you're always hoping that you're going to learn and adapt. And once you have the hunger and the desire to keep going, the sky's the limit. But you don't know because if that hunger and desire runs out at 18, 19, it ran out for me at 39, you know, you're, you're not going to do anything in sports. So you nearly, you nearly need to have a blind obsession to get better, you know. But, but AC Milan, even if he goes somewhere else, he, he's well set. You know, he's on the right path one way or the other, right? But regardless of him being AC Milan or Ring Mahan and Cork, I think the most important thing is that, that you want to get better and you want to improve. And then the level is subsidiary to what you're doing. So, you know, it, it, it's obviously the story is unbelievable. It's AC Milan, but it's important that... He, well, Rob, he keeps improving uh, every week. Yeah, listen, and best of luck to him and best of luck to you. I think the rest of us in the broadcasting game are probably a little bit worried. Someone as single-minded as you is coming into this arena, but well done on changing around and having a new career switch again. He is a presenter now on Cork's Red FM. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.